Philippians 1-3. Philippians 1-3. Good job, Brother Nick. These guys are, if you notice, they're just getting better and better and better. Every one of our guys leading our services here lately. Uh, Brother Nick uh, Beard did awesome Sunday. You did awesome tonight. Brother Javi, it was last Sunday or last Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. He wouldn't even let me teach. <laughs> Set me down. Hey, Amen. They're doing an awesome job. We have great, great, great ministers in our church. It's just so good. All right. Verse number three, I think, now I'm reading from the NIV version. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. And notice verse five, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The Lord started something in every one of us. Every one of us, he started doing something in our lives. And I am very thankful for that. It had to start somewhere. It started with God doing a work in our lives. But what happened when we started living for God, when we finally laid down our sin through repentance, and we asked God to forgive us, and He did, we started a partnership with the Lord. And that partnership will stay in place as long as we stay in place. That's pretty profound right there. That there was good. <laughs> as long as I stay in place, the partnership with God will stay in place. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about tonight, godly partnerships. Godly partnership. God bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> the word partnership is not even found in the King James Version of the Bible. And that's why I read from the NIV Version today. The King James Version used the word fellowship instead of partnership. <clears throat> fellowship, according to Webster, is an association of persons having similar taste, interest, etc., which is basically the same thing as partnership. The word partner is used only three times in the King James Version. Partner, according to Webster, is a person who shares or is associated with another in some action or endeavor. He is a sharer and an associate. Partnership, according to Webster, is the state or condition of being a partner. Participation, association, or joint interest. 
<clears throat> the story is told of an elderly woman who had moved to the United States from Europe when she was a child. After living many years in the United States, finally, she decided she wanted to become an official citizen of the United States of America. After months of going through all the necessary red tape, she was finally ready to take the required oath of citizenship. Standing there, the judge said to her, Please raise your right hand. And she did it. Then the judge asked her, Do you swear to defend the Constitution of the United States against all of its enemies, domestic or foreign? The elderly woman's face kind of paled, and her voice began to tremble as she looked up at the judge, and she says, All by myself? She thought becoming a citizen, she was swearing she was going to defend the enemies that I'm in this by myself. Well, let me tell you the good news. The good news is we do not have to face our enemies by ourselves. And neither do Christians have to face their enemies alone. Christians do not have to fight your battles by yourself. You're not in this alone. You're not in this by yourself. God has chosen to be your partner. And I'm going to tell you, when you got God as a partner, you got everything you need to win the battle. <laughs> now, there have been a lot of partnerships to uh, come into being. Um, Lots of people have started businesses, and I, I know you know about Microsoft, and you know about some of these companies in the past few years uh, started in a garage. Was it Microsoft that was started in a garage, or was it Apple? I believe it was Apple. I know Apple was. Started in a garage, and they uh, started out just a little small business, and it boomed overnight, and it began to grow, and now... Both of those have become multi-billion um, companies. And those partnerships have stayed in place so far, but there have been some upsets. There have been some changes. And usually, usually when there's trouble in a partnership, it's because somebody that doesn't have the power wants to become or wants to be in charge. They want to be in control of the company. Does that sound familiar? Most of the time, when we have trouble in our partnership with God, is when we don't want God to take control and have control, we get the feeling like God Maybe you need to give me a little control. and they were, We want to just kind of take over some stuff and mess up a lot of things. Because you will mess up a partnership if you don't love God and trust Him as the CEO of your company. As a matter of fact, God never intended for anyone to sell through 
the uncharted waters of life and ministry alone and without assistance. God always wanted us to understand that you're not in this by yourself. God's always with you. And sometimes we forget that. We don't feel Him like we want to feel Him. We don't see things like we want to see. Things are not happening like we want them to happen. And we almost feel like our partnership is one-sided. And God's not really doing His part. When sometimes God does His part more by not saying anything and not doing anything and watching how we're going to handle situations in life. How many of you ever, ever remember the Long Ranger TV series? Anybody remember that? It ran from 1947 to 1957, which is before most of you were born. I was born uh, in 49, so two years after it came, I, uh, I uh, was born. And so uh, 49 to 57, not too many years. I probably don't remember when I was a baby. And, but I do remember watching some old black and white uh, runs of the Lone Ranger. And how the Lone Ranger uh, had a strict moral code. Even as an actor, Clayton Moore, it said, was a man of character. And he was a great role model for our children. And he rode a white stallion named Silver, who was like his best friend and many times even a protector. But also, the Lone Ranger was rarely alone. Actually, there was a man named Tonto, an American Indian, that hung around with the Lone Ranger. They were always together. They worked together to help good people and to get rid of the crooks. Someone told me that the Lone Ranger and Tonto came up on the top of a hill one day and they looked and there were a hundred screaming wild mad Indians running their horses wide open toward them, shooting their guns and arrows. And the Lone Ranger looked at Tonto and said, well, partner, this looks like our end. There's no way we can survive this attack of these Indians. Tonto looked at the Lone Ranger. He said, what do you mean, we, white man? <laughs> you never know. That may be the reason the series ended. That may be the reason it's all over. Because the Lone Ranger let Tonto, or the Tonto let the Lone Ranger know when tough times get tough, white man by himself, ugh. <laughs> but let me tell you something. God will never do you that way. I don't care how bad the charge may seem. I don't care how many bullets and arrows are flying your way. It doesn't matter how loud they scream or how big the group is that's coming against you. The Lord will never turn to you and say, what do you mean we, saint of God? 
You're not in this by yourself. God is your partner. He's on your side and he wants your side to always come out a winner. Once God has begun a work in a person's life, he will not stop until that work reaches completion. You say, well, I know people that start out living for God. They're not living for God anymore. God did not stop the work. We're the only ones that can stop the work. We get rebellious. We get carnal. We get bitter. We get angry. We can just, there, there's a number of reasons that we can stop what God's trying to do. God's working on us. I love that little song our girls used to sing, God's still working on me. Huh? Okay, he's still working on me. He's still working on me to make me what I want to be. Ought to be. See, my wife knows it. Come on, sing it. <laughs> Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. Something Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He still, and they used to go, me, e, e. When they were kids, they'd sing that. I heard that song hundreds and hundreds of times, going down the road, listening to the kids, playing with dolls and everything, because they realized God was still working on them. And God started something in your life, and all of us start at different levels of life. All of us start living for God at different times in life. We did not all start living for God on the same day. And we're not all the same age. We don't all have the same abilities or talents. We don't even have the same brain power. We don't have the same kind of looks. We're different. And God started a work on you on a particular day. And when he started it, in his mind, he was wanting to complete it. He was wanting to finish it. And he will finish it. Everybody say, he will finish it. If you'll let him. you got to let God work on you. That's why we have Bible studies. That's why we have pastors. That's, that's all a pastor is. He's a chipper. He just chips away at our lives. That's all a pastor does is just try to get our attention, just get us awake, get us to think. I got to make us think. I got to think. I'm not exempt from it. I can't tell you how many times I've been preaching and wanted to say, oh, me, instead of hallelujah. <laughs> I'd want to walk around. I couldn't because I was stepping on my toes. Preaching affects me just like it does everybody else. I've been preaching before and feel guilty because I realize I wasn't doing 100%. So God will use preachers to help us to, to allow us to see and humble ourselves so that God can complete the work He's wanting to complete in your lives. God wants you to be better than you are. 
God wants you to shine. He wants you to uh, uh, be noticed in this world. God is wanting you to stand out. He's wanting people to look at you and say, wow, they are different. What is that glow that's on their face? That's what God wants. He don't want them saying, oh, what's wrong with that person? Well, who are they mad at? You know, what's going on in their life? He wants us to be smiling more than we smile. Joyful more than we're joyful. He wants us to be doing more for his kingdom than we've ever done at any other time in our lives. Can you say amen and help me, God, to do that? God spends special time doing special things for us because he considers us to be his special. Everybody say special. I'm, I'm a special people to God. However, there are some works that God starts in a person's life that they themselves stop before they lose their love for God and begin loving worldly things. It happens. A few years ago, a building contractor told me that a wealthy couple had a disagreement about the paint colors in some of the rooms. They could not agree on it. And this shut the whole project down for days. Nobody could work on that house until they decided on the colors of the rooms. And until we agree with God on what He wants to do in our lives, our whole project is shut down. God is wanting to make us beautiful. He's wanting to make us colorful. But we got to agree with Him on the color that He wants. <laughs> if we don't agree with God, then we shut the whole project down and we stop going forward and growing because we're not in agreement with God. Many times we change the whole design of our lives and God has to start over with what's left over. Sometimes we get an attitude, get a spirit, we backslide, we go out and get back in the world, and then we come back to God, and, and God's not working with the design that He wanted to work with. God's not working with the blueprint that He already drew for our lives. But we went out and messed it up, and now God's got to redesign it, and He's got to start over on a project. And you know how reworking a project is. Sometimes it's so much better just to build brand new than it is to rework a house. And sometimes God wants to get us when we're brand new and complete the work. Finish it. Do a wonderful thing. And we don't get in agreement with Him. We mess it all up. We go out back into the world. We start getting weird ideas Weird thinking in our mind. We start believing stuff that's not truth. We start listening to people. And all of a sudden, we mess our lives up. And then God has to take that messed up life and try to finish a work. And it was pretty hard when everything was going good before we messed it up. It was still hard. 
for God to have the freedom to work on our lives. Because I'm going to tell you, it's tough to work on a free moral agent. Because you can make up your mind. You have choices. You can think. You have an attitude and you have a will. And it's tough to do that. And God starts a work in us. And if we just leave it alone and partners become partners with God, God could complete it. But if we're not careful, we mess it up. Get all messed up. Then we come back to God and pray back through. And God has to take that mess. All that stuff that's got in there. All those loose marbles that are rolling around in there now. He's got to fix all that stuff. And try to complete a work that we fool with. God's plans to use someone. Are destroyed because of bad choices that we make. Some choices we make can cause us a problem like liver disease, lung cancer, brain damage, stressed out, messed up lives, bad health, limited or no availability to God. Paul tells us in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Paul tells us that you know, we got, we got to live in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not planning on staying in this world. Even your body's not going to stay. You're going to have a resurrected body. You're not even going to leave your body down here if you're in Christ. God's saying, they're not of this world. They're not part of this world. I'm going to take them out of this world. So whatever happens, and I can't explain it, and don't come up here and try to get me to explain all. I just know the Bible says we're going to be changed to be like him. That's good enough for me. I don't have to know how. I just have to know I want to be in that bride of Christ when God comes back. I want to be part of it. Amen. Nothing will help a person more than, in, than to investigate godly things. To seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. Seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. And seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. And last but not least, seek God's wisdom and God's guidance. And in closing, I'd like to say you need to seek God's wisdom. And God's guidance. Because if you don't have that, you're fixed to get in trouble. So how do you get that? Get in partnership with God. Get in His corporation. Get in His kingdom and stay there. To walk closer to God should be the desire of every Christian. Do you want to come become more godly? You don't hang around with the world. You do godly things. Do you wish to become more like Jesus? Are you overwhelmed by the worries of the world? Are you consumed by all the cares of this world? Then you need to start studying Jesus. 
Start thinking Jesus. Start hanging around Jesus because I'm going to tell you, he will not do anything but make your world better. <laughs> Man, I like this. I'm feeling good about this. Lord gave me this this morning. I've just been kind of feasting on it today. It may not get your you pumped up like it has me. Malachi 3 and 6, for I am the Lord and I change not. I love that scripture because of what it says. I'm glad I'm not serving a God that changes like we change. You know, Brother Diaz is a good man. I don't live with him. His wife does. She knows him better than I do. She could probably tell us a thing or two. Don't. But she probably could. And my wife could probably tell y'all a thing or two. Don't. <laughs> but God's not like that, you know. I mean, I may catch him on a bad day, and he may catch me on a bad day, and I may not be too pleasant to be around. You ever have one of those days? <laughs> you ever had one of those days where you didn't like a lot of people? You ever get out of bed and wish you didn't have to get out of bed? Ever be somewhere you wish you didn't have to be? Like work or school? <laughs> God's not like that. He said, I change not. Jesus is the balm that heals every wounded soul. Jesus is the power that takes a broken and shattered life and puts it back together again. Jesus is the anointing oil for every festering sore in sin. Only he has the power to heal our brokenness. Only he has the power to truly forgive us. Only he has the power to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I recommend we study him. Get in a partnership with him. Pursue him. Build a relationship with him. Come to know him. And he can finish the work that he began in you. And when you desire to go into a partnership with someone, you need to find out all you can about them to know if they would be a good partner or not. And since you are already in a partnership with the Lord, you need to find out all you can. Because if you got a good partner, it takes some of the pressure off of you in performing. And I'm telling you, my CEO, my partner, in my partnership is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above, I'm, above more than I'm even able to ask. He knows how to run the company. I just need to get in partnership with him. Let's look at a couple of things about God. Number one, God's nature has not changed. Everything changes. The mountains with their snow white caps will wear away with time. Rain will beat upon them. Rivers will trickle down their sides. 
storms will unleash the forces against them. And over time, the power of nature will affect the highest, biggest, greatest mountain, and it will change. But this is not so with God. He is God, and He never changes. Humans change. As children, we grow, and I'm thankful for that. Just not only physically, we, we grow spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, all areas of our life. It seems that our bodies are constantly in transition. When you become a teenager, you start having leg cramps, and you start having growing pains. You lay in the bed at night, and you ache, and all that is, you're just growing. You're not shrinking, you're stretching. As a toddler, we seem to have an ending amounts of energy running. We never go anywhere without running and jumping and screaming and hollering, full of energy, discovering all kinds of things to get into, all sorts of mischief. During our adolescence and youth, our hormones change, and we find those of the opposite gender very interesting. We date, we marry, we raise families, we become parents. Then, God's blessings, we become grandparents. But with time, our metabolism slows down. Aging takes its effect on all of us. We don't run so fast any longer, or probably don't even run at all. We don't see as well as we used to see. Our eyes have become dim and our vision blurred. We don't hear so well and we forget things. Yes, that happens to all of us. But God does not change like we do. God is perpetually the same. He's not compromised, uh, and he's not uh, changed. He doesn't uh, change to become like us, flesh and bone. He is spirit, pure and holy. He remains the same, unchangeable. There are no wrinkles on God's face, no age spots on his hands, he does not get dark circles under his eyes for lack of sleep and worrying about his children. He is the great I am, the great unchangeable. His essence does not change. Even when Christ became man, God's nature did not change. Flesh did not become God, but God became flesh and dwelled among us. And by this act, the Godhead did not change God, for God is the Godhead, and God does not change. He remains everlasting, eternal, the one unchanging God, the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. God's character has not changed. 
Was God powerful when he created the universe? We'll all say amen to that. Was he mighty when he formed the mountain? Sure he was. Was he holy when he told Moses to remove your shoes? You're standing on holy ground? Yes, he was holy. Did God speak the world into existence? I believe he did. Of course he did. He was powerful then. And he's just as powerful right now. And if we ever start believing that, more miracles will take place in the kingdom of God than you can imagine when we start believing that God's still just as powerful as he was when he was walking on this earth as Jesus Christ. Was God wise when he put all things in order, when he set the stars in their place and the universe? Did he have wisdom when he planned the way of salvation? Yes, he did. He knew what he was doing. He was wise then, and I'm telling you, God is still full of wisdom. Amen. He has always been holy. He's always been just. He's always been wise. The earth is filled with his glory. His unchanged mercy. He has unchanged love. He has unchanged justice. He has unchanged truth. He has unchanged goodness. He has unchanged generosity. His mercy, justice, faithfulness, and wisdom, patience, and holiness, and compassion, and any other attribute of God has not changed. God is the same today as he was 5,000 years ago. Well, I got too many more points to finish. Would you stand?